Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Silicon Valley After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. Today we have a very special guest. He's an actor, he's a comic, and rumor has it he might be a guest lecturer at Stanford. So don't move a muscle. Let the buzz begin! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Silicon Valley After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. As I mentioned at the top, we have Josh Brenner here in studio with us. Hello! Josh, thank you so much for being here. For those who are listening or watching, of course you know that he plays the character of Big Head on Silicon Valley. Bagetti, one of our favorite characters of the uh, the Incubator guys. So we're so happy you're here, and thank you so much for being here today. I bet you say that to all the non-Monicas. <laughs> <laughs> Just Monica is the only one that we... Also, what... So you... I, I, I guess that the massive spoilers in your promo teaser mean that people are smart enough to not watch, to not listen to this... Before they watch the episode, is that the number one rule? The number one rule, yeah. This is like a spoiler network, so it's anyone, all spoilers. Anyone who's listening, we assume has seen the episode. We do have those rogue listeners who sometimes just tune in without watching. You fools! Yeah, <laughs> the dangerous, rebellious viewers. But I, we also have, of course, the rest of our panel here on the uh, the table. We'll start with you, Christian. Where can they find you online? Uh, hi, I'm uh, Christian Blad. You can find me at Christian DMZ and some other shows here at AfterBuzz. That's right. I'm Phil Svitek. Happy to be here. And uh, check, you can check out my website, philsvitek.com. Yeah, so I'm so excited to talk about this episode. Um, before we do that, Josh, again, thank you so much for being here. We're honored. We're huge fans. I also watched Marin, so of course I'm familiar with your work on that show as You're well. You're the guy who watched Marin. I'm the I, one I, guy. I'm also <laughs> the other guy who yeah. watched Marin. Yeah. Oh my God. Our to ratings be fair, just doubled. To be fair, I only watched for the cats, but I enjoyed you as well. <laughs> God, those cats. I know at least <laughs> six other lips. people at the network that did watch the show. <laughs> yes. And your network is 450 million people, is that yes. right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so percentage-wise, we're really crushing it. Um, it's it's funny to me, Josh, because obviously you're a Harvard grad, you're a comic, you're a sharp guy, but you seem to get cast frequently as like kind of these inept. Like, do you have you found that that's kind of like your type is like, and you kill it. <laughs> well, thank you. It's not easy having a dumb face. Uh, no, I I don't know that that I It's been interesting because like definitely the computer nerd thing is where I, I was very lucky to like come out to LA at a time when not being handsome was very in <laughs> <laughs> so I benefited from that but yeah the the dumb dumb thing was a bit of a surprise but it's super fun I mean well it's, it's to your credit because like it's actually I'm sure not easy to play dumb and like you have you play it in a way that's so fresh um, and I'm, I think that's why Big Head's character has grown throughout the show. is because your performance is so much fun to watch on the show. Hey, come on. Yeah, and absolutely. I mean, I think... Go on. I think, I think that, like, you know, usually, right, what I noticed, like, with a character like that, there's a balance of, yes, they're dumb, but they're so likable. They have such a great heart. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like the for, uh, the Forrest Gump effect. Mm-hmm. He's, <laughs> he's not bright himself, but obviously people love that movie and love that character. And so I would I would venture to say same goes for Big Head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know that we were we were I was actually talking about this with someone just the other day. Uh, that uh, a couple things. One is that he is surrounded by literal geniuses. Like <laughs> an interesting thing about the world of Silicon Valley is that you are literally surrounded by like some of the smartest, most high IQ'd people in in the country. Uh, so he, you know, it's hard to know where his intellect lies because <laughs> if you put him next to something like that sure he's going to come off pretty dumb. but like you know in a ra- in an average you know midwestern southern eastern town he might do all right for himself <laughs> yeah, yeah just i guess by comparison true. he yeah. could just be spacey i guess 
And I think I, I think at Hooli, you know, he would come off as like, oh, maybe he's not the smartest guy. But after Buzz TV, you're a genius. <laughs> <laughs> right now, we're very excited. I do think there was a moment, though, when Big Head was reading a magazine with his face on the cover. And he wasn't <laughs> quite aware of who was on the cover. So as much as we want to give him the credit, it's, <laughs> no, but it's so much fun. And I do think that you're making specific choices, which I love watching. How do you... what? What do you feel like you're doing to distinguish Big Head from your average kind of dum-dum on other shows? Because it's, I think it's there. Uh, well, I, I appreciate you t- pretending that it's me doing it, <laughs> but uh, I have to give credit to our, our writers who are, you know, obviously Mike Judge and Alec Berg and yeah. the rest of our amazing staff who don't get to be named as regularly, but are also equally amazing and hardworking and hilarious people. Um, they have crafted this character that it's almost this, like, Taoist like dust in the wind thing where he doesn't there's so there's a complete lack of ambition a complete lack of ego mm-hmm. and a complete lack of awareness of what's going on but almost almost because he just doesn't care uh-huh. there's this real zen quality to it which yeah. is what i love about it is that it's not like like it's not like a an active stupid it's a very passive stupid mm-hmm. which is uh, which is I, I do think is unique you know when compared to some of the other great dumb dumb characters uh, on TV are yeah, you admirable. I, I wanted to ask you are you were you familiar with um, and, and also perhaps a fan of Mike's earlier work whether Beavis and Butthead Office Space I mean that's in terms of movies there's a classic right there I uh, a the couple weird stories about this uh, I I have always been a huge Mike fan, and I I went home after working on the show for like a year or two, home to my my where I grew up in Houston, Texas, and found like all this Beavis and Butthead stuff from when I was a kid that I did not remember owning, <laughs> and it took like shirts and like boxer shorts and like the best thing that I've tried to find uh, again and have subsequently lost, like one of those like sound machine keychains where it was just like and I wanted to bring it to Mike to have him sign it for me, but I've never been able to find it again. Anyways. Huge fan of his. And the weird story that Mike and I put together when I started working on Silicon Valley was that, so I grew up in Houston, Texas, and Mike's obviously spends a lot of time in, in Texas as well, in Austin. And I had, as a kid, like maybe in like eighth or ninth grade or something like that, auditioned for a movie that Mike Judge was making in Austin, got cast in it as a kid, and then the project died, and I never met Mike or anything like that. So like... 15 or however many years later we put that together and it like I finally ended up getting to work with Mike so it was this weird like I don't know I don't believe in things but if I did it would be one of them <laughs> that's pretty cool I mean like Mike Judge is arguably one of the comedy juggernauts working in TV today I mean like I think Judd Apatow would also be on that list but like that's I'd have to imagine it's a dream as someone who's a comedy fan to be working for Alec Berg and Mike Judge like that's pretty cool It well yeah and Alec Berg as well I mean yeah. it, like being around the set and uh, you know you're literally getting notes from Hank Hill which is because <laughs> you, you like you he's like uh, Josh, could you just uh, take that one again? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, it's so, that was pretty terrible. But if it was good, that's what it would be like. Um, and then, yeah, Alec, you get, like, Seinfeld stories. Just, like, uh, offhand, he'll tell you, what story did he tell me? Oh, I wonder if I can tell this story. Well, we'll see. Um, <laughs> he He was telling a story a couple years ago about... You know the Seinfeld... Are you guys Seinfeld guys? Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay, okay. Thank God. Um, you know the... the, vo- the, the Oh, he knows the theme song. He must really like <laughs> I it. it. I know that Elaine's on the show, so <laughs> obviously I'm a fan. Oh, I, you know, I 
I don't recall a woman on the show. That's, <laughs> well, uh, I guess that's just she's me. one of the bros. <laughs> uh, uh, you know the uh, the 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 episode where they do the voice of of Jerry's girlfriend. It's her belly belly button. Hello. Oh yeah. La la la. <laughs> well, apparently that was a story from the writers' room. Uh, except it wasn't about her belly button. It was about her butthole. <laughs> and they were writing for network television, so it became about a belly button. And little gems like that that you get to learn <laughs> from <laughs> Alec Berg, and then share whether or not you know you're supposed to. Uh, so yeah, working with both those guys is like truly insane and and also like, you know, getting to work with some of the actors on the show like yeah. Steven Tabolowski and obviously all the TJ Millers and Camille Nanjia. It's uh it's an amazing it's an amazing thing. I'm really lucky to get to be on it. Yeah, are you trained in improv at all? Do you have improv experience or Yeah, I did a bunch of improv uh in college mm-hmm. and then when I moved out here did uh did UCB nice. and all that good stuff. Yeah. I wondered because obviously it's kind of a UCB crew that you're working with on the show. Yes it is. I I spent my 20s looking up to all those guys <laughs> and like like trying to like say hi to them at parties and like avoiding eye contact because yeah. I was like starstruck and I'm still pretty much that way. <laughs> um that being said, I mean obviously the show is so well written with a brilliant team of writers, but how much improv is happening on set um when you guys are working? On set a lot mm-hmm. in the final cuts of the episodes, <laughs> uh maybe not quite as much. Yeah. Um like as you said, our, our writers are truly incredible. Uh, our scripts are unbelievable as they come in, and and uh, they work incredibly hard to you know after table reads they'll tear them apart and build them up from the the ground up just to make sure that they're as good as they can possibly be. So we start with unbelievable uh, unbelievable content, and then. But yeah, I mean, if you've got T.J. Miller and Thomas Middleditch and Camille Nanjiani and Zach Woods, who is like to my mind one of the most comedic genius cis people in the entire world. Uh, yeah, funny stuff happens. Uh, there are definitely tangents and riffs and all sorts of stuff. And a lot of times it's super, super funny. Uh, a lot of times it does little bits and pieces make it on. Uh-huh. Uh, and then a lot of times uh, it doesn't make sense or it takes you off on a tangent you don't want to be on or it gets often too weird. Yeah. <laughs> can you think um, of uh, one of those moments that you can actually share that, you know, everybody laughed when it happened and was like, oh, there's no way this will ever make it into the <laughs> show, but, like, you just remember everybody was dying when this... The, well, every, truly, everything Zach Woods does. He'll <laughs> he'll uh, do alts on a lot of his lines, which means he'll basically just, like, you know, take it two or three or four times with different specifics. And uh, I think just in this... Was it two weeks ago or something? He he has this line that I think was, was like one of my favorite things, where he goes like, "We can't talk about work." He's talking to Thomas. Oh, yeah. he goes, we can't talk about work anymore. We can talk, talk about sports teams and their scores or pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and that I I don't remember what the specific, but there were some truly disgusting, <laughs> filthy, heinous, horrible, uh. incredibly funny things. Uh, but yeah, Z- Zach is often good. Oh oh, and uh, also in this last week's episode when. Um, TJ mistakes should I be using character names when Ehrlich mistakes that when Monica comes and goes do you know how bad like I, yeah, Ed got, Chen and oh fucked me and just yeah fucked I, that's me. And he, he took a note on that and he thinks it's a, he thinks she's talking about a threesome the threesomes are always awkward eh? yeah that was at least 45 minutes of TJ just <laughs> exploring threesomes offering different <laughs> bits of wisdom and obviously what's there in the episode is pretty truncated but uh yeah, TJ's good for lots of comedy that 
if that no one sees except everybody on the yeah, set. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, I, I feel like that DVD box set should be coming out eventually. It was just like the best of T.J. Miller's alts on. I interviewed Pete Holmes for Crashing like, yes, two months ago. And the he best was talking, guy. Oh yeah, he's so unbelievably nice, best like person. unreasonably. Um, but he was talking about just T.J. on set and saying the same thing of like, if we could just take all the cut footage of T.J., we could probably make our own movie. He's just such a tornado on set. <laughs> it's but. truly incredible. Yeah. yeah. I think it's funny to learn that you guys have any sort of line because, I mean, if you think about it, the fact that, like, dating back to season one, the whole jerk-off scene, um, <laughs> going back to the last... One of one of our favorite moments, me and Jeff, is um, the, hey, the chain. Yeah, hey, Dinesh, do you, ch- you use that chain to choke your mother while you stick your penis in her butthole? Like, <laughs> the fact that you can go to those oh lengths and that they're... Oh, my God, I forgot about that one. Wow. So the fact that there is any sort of line <laughs> just baffles me. Uh, well, a couple of things about that. <laughs> <laughs> One, yes, that should inform you what kind of things do get said and how far <laughs> past that line they are. And two, uh, and again, uh, credit to our writers, uh, they are very story-driven uh, writers. They they want to tell the story and they want to yeah. tell it in the most well-crafted, uh, uh, brilliant way possible, which is which they do very well. Uh, so when things start to drift along, if they're not in service of that story. Uh, they'll be draconian in, in cutting it and keeping it trim. Yeah. yeah, I mean, today's episode that we're covering today was unbelievably efficient. Like, that was one of the things I noticed was I can't believe how much story really gets covered every episode. We kind of laugh because I feel like on one hand, Silicon Valley covers a lot of story each episode, but then on the other hand, they hit the reset button all the time, and mm-hmm. it's almost like no story's being covered, too, but that's why we love the show. Um, but I think I want to start by talking about your subplot in this episode specifically. Great idea. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that convenient? <laughs> We're starting with that. But I, that, this was so much fun. I, I'd have to imagine you got the script and got to read about Big Head's little arc here, and I'd have to imagine you were excited to play this. I, it was just perfect. I mean, I, I'm really sucking these writers off. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> they like you just can always count on them to come up with the next logical hilarious heightening uh-huh. of of the joke and yeah I, I remember actually seeing them while they while they were writing before uh before any scripts came in and i remember them going like oh yeah we, we think we have the thing for big head this season and i was like oh great what is it? and they're like he's gonna be a professor at stanford and i was just like <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's just they nailed it yeah i really feel like they nailed it and you know it's the next logical step after like corporate domination (laughs) and like financial success is academia it just seems like perfect and what i i i I rewatched the you know second time and i love the fact like those little nuggets they make almost like in hindsight they make those other things amazing so for example when you come back and you say the fact of um you know they said uh yeah homework i I have my choice essentially and so when you're listening to that for the second time, oh, yeah. you're like, you're laughing because he you're just like, has no uh, idea. Yeah, yeah. It's up to him whether or not he wants to actually give homework as an, as an instructor. And I like the afterthought. is like, which already feels like homework. <laughs> so and uh, yeah, I think that a perfect encapsulation for me of Big Head is when the admissions counselor person says, you were on the cover to Wired magazine. And he goes, I was on the inside, too. <laughs> you know, he's just... I believe that was improvisation, gentlemen. Hey! I, uh, I can just smell case it. in point. Uh. <laughs> um, well, that's what I love about Big Head is like he's kind of sweet. Like I feel like he could be this like cynical slacker, but like, it's kind of like you said, he's kind of zen, and there's kind of like in the same way that I think like Pete Holmes is kind of sweet. I think yeah. there's like an under there's like a undercurrent of Big Head that's just kind of like earnest and like he's really giving it his all, even if that's 
there's the, it's an interesting comparison to to Pete's character uh, specifically on crashing mm-hmm. uh, that th- there's like there's a bit of this like I don't want to get in anybody's way yeah. uh, I you know I I'm pretty sure I don't belong here sort of this recognition of all of your shortcomings that leads <laughs> you to be like you know what I'm just gonna hang back and like get diabetes from drinking soda which by the way for those of you watching <laughs> at home for those of you not watching at home we all have. Truly enormous, uh, very condensating uh, <laughs> uh, double gulps in front of us. And we got, um, Josh, the extra big double gulp, just so you all know, because we care about our That's guests. That's right. I believe this is TV. the picture double gulp. Yeah, well, you, you guys really and saved we, money yeah. on yourselves. Yeah, yeah we well, we figured, you know, that would have been 90 more cents mm-hmm. total if we had each gotten... Oh my god, those. that's so good, too. <laughs> <laughs> the 7-Eleven over here is a very good 7-Eleven. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Corner of Quanga and uh, Burbank. That's <laughs> right. Thanks, yeah, Now you know where we shoot. <laughs> so go to the um, other... There's a big sign in our studio. They're a sponsor, right? They will be now. Yeah. Um... I'm curious as to was there any conversation about what what Big had actually said in this lecture whatsoever? Because uh, I mean, an average class in college is at least two hours, right? <laughs> Sometimes four, at least from my college experience. Um, I don't want to say too much oh, yes. uh, because uh, <laughs> we see it. We we may get to explore that space a little bit, um, but. Uh, He's definitely not a good professor. <laughs> He's not something he was cut out to do. Which is too bad because, you know, we were talking, I, I think, two weeks ago. I, I just really felt like we're going to see what Big Head's good at. You know, the idea when he wanted to be CEO, I was like, you know what? Maybe he would have crushed it. This would have been the thing that would have been perfect for him. And uh, I was just like, all right, maybe this is it. But uh, then I, when he after the class, I was like, no, no, probably not. That's but, not uh, the one. Yeah. That's, that's, but there's still time, you know? I, I have faith in Big Head that he's one a, day. He's a young man. Yeah. We'll get it together. <laughs> I think, I, well, my prediction is in the sense that He'll have a lot of people scratching their heads of like, is this guy a genius? Like, what is he saying? Because oftentimes, right, you hear those various stories like uh, like Francis Ford Coppola when he's going to do um, um, Apocalypse Now. He asked, like, should I shoot in the jungle? And he got, like, some answer from, like, another famous director that he looked up to and was like, no. <laughs> like, all these things just were like, what's the greatest advice you have about directing? Wear comfortable shoes. And, like, so it's, you know what I mean? I imagine Big Head sort of having those similar answers and everyone would be like, oh, that's kind of genius yeah, totally that's the uh, that's the that's the Chauncey Gardner brilliance of it uh, <laughs> that they've uh, that they've brought in yeah for sure uh, to sort of go back to what you were saying before though it's like he doesn't get angry you know like the, even the way he says to Bachman like you know how I lost all that money and really you know you kind of made it so that I lost all that money but not in the way where you're saying it's like you know this is he's just like very matter of fact like yeah I lost it. but uh, he just he's I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think he's ever actually been angry with anyone. Just maybe been like, "Oh, I'm kind of bummed out right now," which is which is super lame. But that's yeah, it. which is even rare as well. It's yeah, that's just, true. It's just sort of the like life happens to Big Head. <laughs> <laughs> he is he is a he is playing defense and not well. <laughs> well, I did love as you're leaving that interview. You're like, "Hey, I see this photo. Where'd you get it? Was that at the Alcatraz party?" Yeah, I've got one too. Well, actually, I guess I, I bought it. It was like just like <laughs> sometimes I think he's realizing like the implications of his life as they're happening to him, and like he's just he makes these observations 
that like he's just always two steps behind. I just think like this was an especially great Big Head episode. I think it's been a good Big Head season too. I can't wait to see more. I want to see the dad too. I know. Oh, isn't that the best? Ba- that guy's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Him that when just the specific that he and this was in the script that he's painting Civil War figurines. <laughs> <Yes>. It's just <laughs> like. Well, you know who that guy is, <laughs> and that's uh, that's like such a Mike. Je- well, all of our writers, but I mean, I feel like Mike is such an expert at like finding the weird small thing about a person that you're like, okay, yes, I know exactly who that yeah. weirdo is. It's been a very closely observed season. I feel like season four has been off to a really strong start, and I said this in our last coverage, but I think every character is being mined to their maximum comedy potential. Like all of the, like I think every big headline was pretty much a joke this episode. And to well, s- thanks for noticing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I think like to so efficiently manage this plot and po- like pack in so much joke density was really impressive for this episode. And of course. We pretty much saw every other character in this episode. I mean, we saw Lori, we saw Ed Chen, Jin Yang was in this episode. A lot episode. of Jin, Jin Yang, Yang yeah. in this episode. Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy is so... <laughs> oh, man. I just watched Patriot's Day. Have you guys seen Patriot's Day? He's, like, a major yeah. character. He's a major character and gives this, like, truly beautiful, dramatic performance. Like, really amazing. And then I watched him on, like, the next day on. So <laughs> just being like, a fuck you! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he's good friends with Johnny LaQuasto, Phil. We gotta get him in. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a good guy, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, he's... I've, I've, I've gotten to do a couple podcast things with Jimmy, and he's... He's the man. Absolutely. He's the man. Um, well, let's go ahead and talk about Ehrlich and Jin Yang's octopus subplot, because this is hilarious, and this is just such an Ehrlich thing to happen. Of course, now he needs to be pushing this product. Um, yeah, I just thought, like... And this... Okay, I also thought it was so interesting how we wrapped Monica into this, too, because I feel like I've wanted to see Monica pushing more and, you know, making, I think, more conflict-oriented decisions. So I love this choice by the writers to kind of watch her throw Ed Chen under the bus. And I'm excited to see... Did this surprise you guys that Monica made that choice to kind of put this no, on the it, it didn't surprise me, uh, but I knew it was it was going down a bad path. Anytime you sort of try to manipulate, and especially knowing the information that she had, um, I knew it was going to... I didn't realize how it was going to bite her in the face, or, but um, obviously brilliant that, that it came back that way. Yeah, I mean, I think we got the reminder of just how desperate she is as she's staring into the men's room while she's, you know, having her fake cell phone conversation. And, uh, yeah. And, by the way, I love the scene with her and Richard at the supermarket where Richard can't help himself but insult the same shopper twice. You know, you do really important work. Fuck you! (laughs) And what a brilliant visual gag that 95% of that, it was essentially Trader Joe's, had... They were all task rabbit yeah. people, and such a smart move. It's those subtleties that make the show so great. Um, so, I mean, we got to see some Mandarin spoken. We got to see Ehrlich speak offensive fake Chinese, which was fun. <laughs> I believe that went on way longer in the original <laughs> cast, to give you an idea of what our ap- editors are up against. Um, I, I, but again, even that, like, just turning um, those things into motifs, because whereas for Ehrlich the first time, it's uh, to his benefit. Then the second time, it's to his hindrance because he they're actually speaking it, and he has no clue what the hell's going on. And, of course, the official language is English, so he says, hey, it's the law. <laughs> Speak <Of course>. English. <laughs> I just love amidst the Mandarin, oh, but no, I am a fat fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah, and TJ's straight manning that going, what? but that's me. Why would I say that about <laughs> myself? Uh, so good. Speaking of motifs in this episode, I loved the callback of crazy, no, opposite. That was, like, such a sharp... Rec- recurring bit and of course we kind of see Richard super unhinged in this episode 
Um, we start with him kind of like getting semi-diagnosed by a doctor coming in. He I love his doctor, by the way. Every <laughs> time there's a scene with him and his doctor, and this time, you know, he barely tolerates Richard in that scene. So, uh, you know, you can tell he's just like, why does this guy keep coming in here? You know, and anyway, it was always great. I kind of get shades of Leo Spichemin from 30 Rounds. I don't know if you guys watched <laughs> oh, that. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I love, Chris like... Chris Parnell. Yeah. yeah. So good. Um, but Richard's kind of losing his mind. Um, and, you know, tied to Richard is Gavin. Um, he gets fired from Hooli. Was, did this surprise you guys? Because I found this. I did not expect this development this early in the season. I, I loved what um, Jack Barker did. To me, that, yeah. was, that, was the, that was a stroke of brilliance in terms because we were wondering where Jack's going with this and the fact that they answered that so quick. <laughs> and you kind of, for, at least for me, that split second, you're like, oh, wow, wait, Jack's kind of a sweet guy. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Yeah, that was something that we had talked about last week. We figured that there would eventually be some payoff where, you know, he had some, you know, master plan. But, oh, no, no, just next episode within the first five minutes. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah you're out, which I thought was great. And uh-huh. my favorite moment in that is is uh, Gavin trying to say goodbye to Hoover. And he just keeps taking. It's like, oh, and I need your ID and your parking pass and your car. And it's like he's actually like, trying to have a moment with uh-huh. someone. And he's like... No, guy, get out of here! And they take his uh, his nameplate right as he's uh, pulling out of the parking spot. So uh, I also really love that uh, the conference where he's trying to like rap with his people. Oh, yeah, and the yeah. guy finally stands up and just walks out of the room. <laughs> this is interesting, perfect. though. I felt like tonally it was handled with humor, but also some pathos. Like I thought it was, and that's what I love about the show. We talked about this last week. Is ninety five percent of the time it's like Mike Judge satirical, over the top farcical, but like it does get kind of sweet sometimes. And I thought this was kind of sad, like a little sobering to watch him leave with Hoover. It's funny, obviously, too, but I really like liked that choice. I'm trying not to say so many spoilers. Uh, oh, there's just there's that his journey is great. He's got well, great stuff. Here's you know when I saw it, it's interesting. Like in the photo, right? Correct me if I'm because it didn't outright say it, but there's a little Gavin there, right? I mean, that's that's his face, the second guy. The photo they're looking at. Yes. Yeah, it's it's uh, Gavin and Peter Gregory, and then their other two yeah. partners, I guess. So that insert shot was so quick, but it was it was interesting to see a young Gavin, and that sort of opened up my mind to the idea of, like, did Gavin, was Gavin always this way, or what was his earlier ambition, mm-hmm. um, and can that sort of be re-sparked? It's a really, he's a fascinating character, I think. Do you get to work much with Matt Ross? or I, Season I, one, I guess. You, were... the, you know, this was the first season where we didn't mm-hmm. get to as much, but... Yeah, those um, those scenes. Whenever he was doing like uh, sort of the big conferences, when I when Big Head was still at Hooli, I always got to watch him do those. And Matt Ross is like, in addition to being a brilliant director, if you guys haven't seen Captain Fantastic, I know, it's I'm like, truly what can he do? Awesome. Yeah, uh, he's so freaking funny. But also, you're right, like very sincere and very honest and very vulnerable in those scenes when he's like playing this sort of uh, uh, emotional turn. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Matt is incredibly funny and I do miss that that is the one thing that I miss about the uh, about getting to do those scenes because he's amazing yeah um, I guess we might as well kind of discuss after leaving Hooli we find out through kind of an extended inside Peter Gregory's brain montage which was a lot of fun there's a lot of callbacks woo yeah (laughs) woo (laughs) woo Um, sorry listeners for blowing out your eardrums Um, we learned that like the open source internet that Richard's been pining after is owned by Gavin. This was a really brilliant twist. And of course, the last shot we see the episode is Richard going to meet up with Gavin. Did you guys see, again, like this almost feels like it could have been the first episode of the season. 
in the best way. Like, I love the first two, but it feels like we had six subplots introduced, and it makes me really excited for what we're going to see. Um, that surprised me, though, that well, that quickly Richard and Gavin are going to hook up. Well, my head went more specifically to the fact that I understand Richard was missing a shoe, but he took another shoe. Why couldn't he just replace the shoe that he didn't have a pair with with the shoe that he did have a pair with and wear those shoes? Yeah, we got to see Richard so, freak out in this episode. It was awesome. Did. What we a did. great turn by Thomas Middleditch. This is hilarious. Yeah, the closet door is definitely a <laughs> defining moment of the character. Falling into the pool is like a close second, yeah. I think. I think, uh, I think Thomas has been officially uh, sort of come to be appreciated as like the brilliant physical comedian he is mm-hmm. because uh, I don't know, I guess it was last season there was that scene where he like puts his hands on the table but he accidentally rests them on two sheets of paper and then he slides across <laughs> and bangs his face on the table <laughs> like I think after that now the writers are just like well what else can we have Thomas like absolutely break and destroy in, in addition to his face yeah he probably regrets that choice because now they're just going to put him through the ringer he's season. so good at it it's yeah. amazing well see even last season the, the great Dinesh chain joke it was it rode on the fact that uh, he had to trip and fall and dump all the papers, right? Going back to your idea of plot. <laughs> mm. And if that didn't work, if that looked cheesy, none of it would have worked. The joke wouldn't have worked mm-hmm. and the story wouldn't have worked. So, yeah, you're right in that sense that there he's got go. great timing. Well, I'm very excited to see Gavin and Richard partnering. And it's we've seen Richard kind of doing his own thing this season, and I wondered where it would take us. So I'm just very excited to see that explored. It's um, great. Yeah. I'm excited for you. Yeah, I know. You probably know stuff we don't, so you got to be careful what you can I say. I read but. almost all of the scripts. Do they give you just sides or do they give you the full scripts? No, no. They, we, we do table reads before nice. uh, all the episodes, so uh, uh, we are fully aware of what's happening. The full uh, season's right shot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know if it's all it's, like it's, fully edited. I mean, I think it's probably mostly done, but maybe they're still like color correcting or yeah. doing some audio or something like that yeah, yeah. I'm sure t- typically like the last episodes they get finalized like a couple of weeks in ahead of do you guys shoot in San Francisco very little uh-huh. um, you know we, on the pilot we did a couple days and then each season it'll be like a day or two like obviously when they uh, were at AT&T Park in, mm. in San Francisco they were up there and then you know exteriors here and there but for the most part we're we're faking it are you guys on a liars. lot yeah or? we're at Sony oh you're at Sony okay. yeah yeah, I have uh, Jeff and Christian. I have a, the question for you, mm-hmm. um, since unfortunately you already know the answer. Yes. and can't answer <laughs> it. But um, does does the rest of the team help out um, Ehrlich and the app, <laughs> and Richard does his own thing, or does the team help out Richard through this eventually? I can weigh in. Sure. No, I'm kidding. I know the answer. <laughs> he knows oh, the answer. answer. <laughs> uh, I have an idea. By all means. My, my thinking is that uh, they will assess the situation and uh, figure what they can get the most out of. But then also within that answer, I kind of want to say that uh, Guilfoyle will do one thing and uh, then Dinesh will do the other. You know? But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, speaking of that, we, we, we need to talk about Dinesh's date, which was amazing. Dinesh speaking got of talking to, pussy. He got to have sex on her, which was awesome. Which was great that he said um, that. Yeah. I had this actress's name because she was great and I want to give her credit uh, I'll do it at the end of the show because I have too many notes but uh, Mia is introduced we find out that she's a gamer we find out that she has kind of a turbulent relationship online relationship with Gilfoyle of course um, this was great because I assumed when Mia and Gilfoyle recognized each other that Dinesh was going to get 
ousted by Guilfoyle, and she would fall for him. I don't know if that's what you guys predicted. Kind of, yeah, that's yeah. A, that's where I thought that would go. And the show I was glad it didn't. I know. I was like, I felt like I've seen that in an episode, and then we didn't get that, so I was very because glad. Because yeah. what we got is Dinesh and Mia going to on a date. To Amazing dinner. bad date. The first few exchanges, like I love water. <laughs> Like Oceans, lakes. lakes. When does a when does a pond become a lake? Oh, so well played by um, Kumail. But um, we, of course, learned that uh, Mia doesn't only agree that Guilfoyle's a prick; she agrees that he's a motherfucking prick. <laughs> um, there was something kind of satisfying to me about watching them bitch about Guilfoyle because Guilfoyle doesn't always get his comeuppance for how much of a dick he can be on the show. But here's um, the, it, it's very problematic when the bulk of your relationship hinges on the fact of. The hatred towards somebody else. Yeah, and for me, at the end of the day, like you can only go like if you're the if you're him, you can only go so far um, in terms of hating someone in that way. Because eventually, you're like, whoa, 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 that's family. I get to make fun <laughs> yeah. of him, but you don't get <laughs> yeah. to say that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's going to be a turning point at some point. I think so too. Well, well and Guilfoyle has the point of you know, it's like, well, I guess you're going to have to stay. So, so you're never going to break up, never. And he's like. That's the plan. <laughs> that was a pretty good Kumail, actually. I, I wasn't trying. That's how good I am. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, because we learned that Mia is not only an excellent gamer, but one of the world's best hackers. MI4. So. MI4, yeah. yeah. So I'm very excited to see that play out. It's it's funny. I was like, oh, Dinesh is CEO. Like, we'll finally get to see him, you know, winning a little bit. And, of course, that lasted for 20 minutes of one episode. So he's back in the punching bag position. But it's that's, I think, where it's most fun, so... And, Pop uh, quiz, uh, D- D- Dinesh or Big Head? Who who could have lasted longer? A CEO? Yeah. I what I really do want to see, and it Great might question. be a little on the nose, <laughs> but I would love last season to see Big Head become CEO of Pied Piper and just crush it. That's what I was saying. I, it's know. Like, I feel like he's got it in him. I'm still holding out hope for Big are you, Head. Are you listening, Alec? Are you I listening, know. Mike? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I do think like it would be such a funny subversion just to see your character just be so good at. A job like a job that important but. so good at anything at anything <laughs> yeah literally um well i feel like that's most of well the we should talk about it. it's very quick but there's that great moment with monica and Lori mm-hmm. when we realize that Lori's pregnant <laughs> and and she says congratulations and i believe Lori Suzanne j- Cryer. yeah she just says yes <laughs> as in like what are you congratulating me for you know like it, it, i don't know it was such a great moment it was so, it was like you know 2 seconds but it was so funny yes yeah <laughs> yeah yes another great like like moment where a character is fully encapsulated in one moment that yeah. like the the biological fact of reproduction is nothing more than a scientific phenomenon <laughs> that happens constantly all over the world just yeah. Not interested. Well, what's, uh, for me, as, as an audience member, like what's funny, you, you wouldn't expect her to get pregnant in any sort of way. Like, she's <laughs> never shown any interest romantically towards anyone, let alone at least like whatever, even like a one night stand. Yeah. So. Yeah, picturing Lori Bream in any sexual contents is content. Uh, context, pardon, it's just like kind of horrifying. You okay. feel it was a sperm donor situation. Oh, that's what I was actually about to say. My guess is that there's artificial yeah. insemination. Yeah, or we'll she see. is capable of self reproduction, and we will learn that. I know you can't say if that's what happens. Or maybe she's a fiend. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, that's true. You know, we don't know. It's immaculate conception. She leaves the office. Look on. out. Yeah, that's <laughs> she true. She lets that hair down. Uh, <laughs> as a quick side, uh, one of the funniest moments for me was when uh, Jared touches the self-driving car and just is so. <laughs> Scared of it because given the history, <laughs> the PTSD. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. There was a lot of really subtle callbacks in that inside of Gavin's storage 
um, not Gavin, Peter uh, Gregory, Peter Gregory yeah. storage. Yeah, the, I just like in general. I thought this was such like an efficient episode. Like I feel like from a comedy writing standpoint, everything advanced story and humor and plot and jokes. And I just it's been a great season. I think, and I can't wait to see more. They work really hard. Yeah, I can tell. They work really, really hard. Yeah, and we are lucky that they do. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, if, is there anything else that we haven't necessarily covered in terms I of... I think that's the big item stuff for me, at least. Uh, I guess it's it's just the one line, but yes. uh, I do, since, of, of course, uh, since Josh is here, uh, when Big Head says the thing about, like, oh, is wearing the shirt with the name of your school, like wearing the <laughs> t-shirt for a band to the concert? I just thought it was like, I'm like, yeah, I could, I think he would definitely have that question. I, <laughs> and what's the answer? Was it, what are you teaching? Stanford. Was that <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I, they made me teach. Teach what? Stanford. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that made me laugh. Uh, do you have a one-liner, Phil? There's so many. Uh, there's so here. many. I, I think I gave him a couple away. Um, yeah. Yeah, at this point, I, I've, I've already forgotten them. Um, yeah, just in general. I, I do like Monica being the only one, the only shopper there that's shopping for herself. Mm. I forget how she said it, but that was funny to me. Yeah, I mean, obviously, great performance by you in this episode. I think to butter your bread, I did love the way you played the audience of the lecture laughing at you, and you still not realizing. And it was like, <laughs> oh, I'm probably a, cl- a class, class, class clown. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I do think my favorite line might have been Guilfoyle, though. His line after um, kind of Dinesh realizing what might be happening if it was a potential catfish, he says... You were worried sick about the wrath of a bloated and inept bureaucracy, but feel totally comfortable having crossed a spiteful and vindictive megalomaniac with unlimited funds. I think you might be the first Pakistani man to be droned inside the United States. (laughs) (laughs) Such a brilliant line. Um, Well, I think this was a great episode. Thank you so much for being here. We so appreciate it, Josh. This was awesome. So nice to be... This is a nice place you guys got here. It's right by the (laughs) (laughs) 7-Eleven. The best 7-Eleven in the Valley. Best 7-Eleven in town. Um, We do have a tradition where we make some predictions about the upcoming season, so I know you probably won't be allowed to say much So I need to poker face this. Poker face this, absolutely. But I guess we should go ahead and get into some predictions, right? Nice drop. And now, you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. Uh, Josh just slipped me a note. He said, I can't say this, but (laughs) next season in space. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. I kind of saw that coming. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's it's usually surprises. Yeah, you know, I think I feel pretty confident that Shazam for food will be uh, very big and then it'll become in the real world because I kind of want that. So uh, very selfishly, I I think Shazam for food is going to be a big deal. Well, that's what, part of, you know, um, I'll get to my prediction, but part of what I love about the show is that you have to stay up to date with the tech world and at the same time sort of be able to progress it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how, if they were, like, making, like, I don't know, um, Spotify, it would be so boring. It's like, okay, that's already been done, mm-hmm. but to create something that hasn't been yet created sounds really cool. Um, my prediction is Richard always just talks way too much, and so God knows what he's going to say with Gavin, and then Gavin's gears will sort of turn, and and uh, obviously in the preview we get Jared just... I, I, I think Jared might go mafia this Oh season. yeah, the the implication that uh, he will kill he's willing someone to kill. He, he's, I mean, I, I think he is definitely willing to kill, whether or not he ever actually does. Uh, he's certainly willing to. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually excited to see Monica at Raviga having to deal with. I mean, 
it could be that uh, seafood spelled S E E will take off. But I'm excited to see Monica thrown into some challenging situations because she plays, I think, Panic and Neuroses really, really well. I also really liked Ed Chen. I thought this was like kind of we got to know him better. And like the Asian bro is like not seen enough on TV. That's my man Tim Chu. He's great. He He's, is the best. Yeah. Uh, he and I were in acting to cl- acting class together really? for years, a long time ago. Yeah, I'm so happy. He's a great character. Yeah, he's a great character. And, like, I, we kind of see the Asian bro on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which is a lot of mm-hmm. fun. But it's, like, fun to see more of that because I think there's a lot of, like, reductive Asian portrayals on TV. Jin Yang. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Even, he's a very complex... It was That's what I loved was the juxtaposition of those two types. And then them slipping into Mandarin was just such brilliant writing so I'm I hope we see more of Monica and Ed Chen kind of like butting heads at Raviga um other than that it sounds like we might get a little bit of big head teaching at Stanford mm, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I hope we do I felt a little cheated that we didn't so um but I guess that's our coverage of episode three season four of Silicon Valley Josh Brenner, again, thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's so appreciative. And you guys have done terrific work on your big gulps. Oh, I know. My prediction is that you all have to go (laughs) (laughs) pee-pee. We'd love for you to come back next season if you would want to. Let's pencil it in. Yeah, great. I'll just stay till then. Perfect. Sounds good. We said it was going to be like a 10-hour show, so we can just keep going. Great. Um, In the meantime, guys, my name is Jeff Graham. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, This was Episode 3 coverage of Silicon Valley. We're back here every Monday at 4 p.m. covering the season. Um, We're hoping to get some more guests. I'm in touch with some other publicists, so we'll see what we can do. Um, But if you guys are interested, I also produce a show on Friday. It's called The Unproduced Table Read, where we table read unproduced pilots and features. We're reading in really kind of cool, angsty 80s drama this Friday, so we'll see you there. Uh, we'll go Christian and then move down this way. Uh, at Christian DMZ, and uh, I do the Mystery Science Theater 3000 after show Fridays at noon Pacific. So join us over there. Uh, that's right, and follow us here at AfterBuzz TV. Um, oh, and last thing, uh, kudos to uh, them also making a brand new website. New CEO, new website. Hey-o. I always love that addition, so check Did out. They really, the actual website online. Hooli. XYZ. There you wow. go. Yeah, exactly. Check it out. And Josh, we'd love to give you this time to promote whatever you'd like, anything we should be looking out for. Uh, I just want to see if I can get myself a job reading one of the scripts on your 80s. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I would love that. If you ever That's amazing. On... That's such a cool thing. Thanks, man. It's uh, The show's called The Unproduced Table Read, so it's every Friday. There's a podcast. Brilliant. Thanks, man. That's awesome. And That's we even have cool. a success, right? And Andrew Guy, one of our host for that show got a job thanks to that show and one of the scripts we read a couple months ago just sold so we're really there you go we're yeah. hitting it alright crushing Sweet. it uh, well they can follow you I guess you don't have a Twitter do you but you're I'm, busy I'm anonymous yeah. on the internet um, but you're always making appearances on like some of the biggest comedy shows on TV so we expect to continue to see that and we, again we thank you so much for being here thank you guys it was fun good I hope so guys this is Silicon Valley After Show we'll see you next week at 4pm thanks for being here from executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 